thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far and has helped make 52 Weeks of Hustle such a success. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. I'm excited to have joined General Sports Worldwide, where Lou DePauli and I will be focusing on executive search and team consulting. Our services will range from recruiting, onboarding, training, development, business planning, consulting, and much more. We're really looking to be a full service agency for our clients to assist them in their return on investment and return on energy. Please let me know if you have any interest. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to be an elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com, as well as to follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Everyone has heard of UConn women's basketball and the powerhouse and dynasty they have built. Our next guest had the opportunity to watch one of their games early on in life and has solidified her career path. I'm excited to have Leeson Figenbaum, Executive Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for the Dallas Wings and Panther City Lacrosse. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me. I'm ready to have some fun. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun, Lisa, and I'm certainly excited for our conversation today, and I know you're going to have a ton of advice for the listeners, but let's start it off how I introduced you. Tell the listeners about your experience at a UConn women's basketball game and how that solidified your career. Yeah, listen, as a young kid who played sports, um, I was very fortunate to have a dad who was really into sports and he brought me to a UConn women's basketball game at a young age. And I just, I fell in love, right? It was really important for me to see that women can play sports at a really high level and that there was 20,000 people there watching them and, and rooting them on. So, you know, I, I thank my dad for getting me involved in that. I thank you know, the powers that be for giving me the chills in that moment that I had. And uh, the rest is history, right? Yeah. Now, did you ever think when you're watching that game, like, hey, I could work in this business? Like, what, what was your initial thought of what you could actually do in sports? Heck, yeah. I mean, I saw them playing there and I thought, man, if they can do that on the basketball side, I'm going to figure out some way to get there on the business side. And I'm pretty resilient and persistent. So, uh, yeah, figured it out at a young age. Well, you figured out uh, at, that at a young age, we're certainly going to dive into your entire career, but something else you've had to figure out very quickly is you've had quite the year as just over three months ago, you joined the WNBA and national lacrosse league there with the Dallas wings and Panther city lacrosse. Have you been able to catch your breath? How's the transition been? The real answer is no, I have not been <laughs> able to catch my breath, um, but that's how I'm wired. Yep. I love it. And that was a big part of the reason that I, that I came here. Um, the Fort Worth Dallas area is booming and growing. And I can see why, because I absolutely love the culture environment, the people here. Um, but I am my own monster on the business side. I'm so passionate about what I'm doing 
that I almost can't step away because there's so much opportunity here. So I will catch my breath in maybe January. (laughs) Maybe. 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 Well, as Lisa, as the EVP and chief strategy officer of two teams, I know the the easy answer is every day is different. But what does a day-to-day look like for you? Yeah. So for me, it's specific to this situation too. A lot of hiring, right? So I've had about 20 roles to fill. Um, I've got five rock stars secured. I've got some sellers starting uh, in two weeks here. Quick shameless plug. If anyone's looking to get into women's sports or lacrosse, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. We've got some roles open for you. Um, So a lot to do with hiring, big focus on diversity there. And then a lot to do with strategic planning, right? Especially when you have two properties, this is so, so important. So working with marketing community, PR to put together the map of what does this next year look like for us? How can we paint that vision to each of our respective teams? Um, And then really assign some ownership and delegate and make sure everyone's pulling the rope in the, in the same direction. Um, We are tenants of two different venues. So working with two different venues and and getting that in place has certainly been interesting. Um, And then a lot of panels and podcasts and halftime shows and doing what I can to be a brand ambassador to let people know we are here uh, and we are rocking. Well, I, I certainly appreciate you being a part of this podcast, and I know you love to give back, so this will be, be perfect. And you talked about you know painting the vision and painting the picture. A lot of this business is storytelling and elevator pitches. So as you think about not only both leagues with the WNBA uh, and the lacrosse league, like what is your elevator pitch for both the league now and what the future has in store? I love it. And listen, this is one of the reasons that pulled me away from the NBA and, and big four men's sports. And I really felt compelled to join women's sports because it is going to ignite. We can all see the pieces coming together and see this happening, but from Kathy Engelbert and everything she's doing um, to kind of that climate in, in the market and society right now. So um, I always say, don't join when it's popping, get in on the ground up and really build a career for yourself on, on the WNBA side. On the lacrosse side, man, I admittedly didn't know a ton about national lacrosse until I had taken this role. But when I started looking at the attendance numbers for some of these other teams, 10,000 plus people, it blew my mind. So I am bullish. I mean, this is a hard hitting, fast paced, fun sport that's really affordable. So, um, you know, I'm excited to launch that new brand here in market. Um, but just in general, I mean, now is the time to get, to get into sports. Um, it's really exciting. No, that's awesome. And every listener can hear your passion that you have, not only for the brands, for the organization, which is a big part of it. And you know, Lisa, you know, we're certainly going to dive into your career, but I know before landing in Dallas, you're on quite the circuit of talking to a variety of teams and entities Ultimately, why did you end up there in Dallas with both leagues? Yeah, it's a great question. And look, like, you know, I think everyone should do their research and and due diligence, right? And one of the things um, I was doing when I realized, okay, it's it's time for me to leave Sacramento and what's that next step? Um, I had talked to agencies on the college side and really explored women's sports and also was having a lot of conversations for similar roles with NFL, NBA. And what I realized was, I didn't want to leave Sacramento and just go do the same role, right? Heavily focused on the, on the ticket sales side. If I was going to make this move and I was going to go to a new city, um, it had to be with purpose. 
uh, and it had to be a, a larger role and scope. And so that was really exciting for me as I was talking to Greg Bibb, our president here of, you know, what is the size and scope of this role? How do I get my arms around more pieces of the business outside of just ticket sales? Um, and so he was able to, to really create this role for me and, and convince me to come here. So from partnerships, ticket sales, ticket operations, I'll be building out a business intelligence vertical, which is all the buzz right now. Yep. And then I've got a dotted line to marketing, PR, finance, operations, all that fun stuff. So um, for me, it was a, it was a no brainer. Um, I'm also getting to rebuild, as I mentioned, right. and instill my own culture and really put my touch on this product. And so for me, that was really attractive and appealing. Absolutely. And you know, after going through that in-depth process and understand where your true passion is and what you want to do, what advice do you have for the listeners in, in ultimately picking the best role for themselves, kind of regardless of where they're at in their career? Yeah. I mean, listen, like sit down and do some soul searching, right? And don't listen to what society tells you you should do. Figure out what matters to you and then do your research, right? Because it's all about the people, not just who you're going to be reporting directly to or who ownership is, you know, who are you going to be working with on a day-to-day basis that makes you so fired up and, and want to run through a wall for what culture is going to best suit you to bring out your best self. Right. And so, you know, do your research, figure out what makes you tick and then do not stop in your pursuit to get in with a group like that. Absolutely. That's huge. And, you know, many times in this business, back to your role right now, we talk about the importance of time management, efficiency. You've got two teams, two entities. You guys are doing a lot of rebuilding. How are you helping the team members juggle the time between two properties? Totally. And listen, it's tough, right? And I will start by saying a big part, especially being on the leadership side, is checking in with your staff. And from a mental health standpoint, when you're pushing, pushing, go, 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 it's easy when you're in a leadership role to not realize the implications that has on people, uh, let alone when you're in a pandemic. So a huge part of it is checking in with folks. But taking a step back, it's outlining that strategic business plan so that they can see over the next year, here's what's happening during various cycles. And here's what we're going to need for you, from you. And that's important because One, we can call out if we've got overlapping or dueling priorities and maybe go back to the drawing board on some of these timelines. Um, But two, there's some real buy-in and just planning that goes into some of these things. So, I mean, that's really important. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's dueling priorities when you have two properties. And so it's really on leadership too to identify what are our highest value initiatives, right? Sometimes like we can't do the little things anymore. And that's tough because when you were one property WNBA team, you could and it felt really good. We right. can't do it anymore. And we have to get out of that mindset. Now, I know I've worked for some organizations that have had multiple properties. And one of the first things some candidates may be thinking as they're listening to this or some people looking like, hey, I may have some interest in it is well, like, what about the off season or how do you hold each other accountable? Like they, they almost all automatically think of some of the negatives of multiple properties. What would you say are some of the really good strengths and opportunities from having multiple properties? That's a great question. So one, career growth, right? I mean, I now have exposure and, and my team to not only Teambo and the amazing folks in the W, um, but the NLL top brass and all of the folks I'm meeting at different teams. So if you're looking to grow in your career, getting into two properties is amazing. If you're on the revenue side and you're trying to make some money, are you kidding me to have two properties to sell year round? That's that's unbelievable. Um, and I would say lastly, too, you can really figure out where your passions lie, right? Like 
again, I was WNBA all the way and I got here, I got exposed to lacrosse and now I'm like, Oh my God, I love lacrosse. Yeah. So you just don't know until you've, until you've tried it. And I couldn't agree more. So many opportunities. You think about down the road, your resume. Now you've worked with other league representatives, other organizations, other teams. At the end of the day, if you can sell at a high level, you'll find an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you'll back to the beginning, Lisa, you you grow up in West Hartford, Connecticut. We talked about going to the UConn game with your dad. You go on to attend Springfield college to receive a degree in recreation management and business. So as you think back to your college career, was there an experience in college that really solidified? All right. Now I know sports is and business is the career path I want to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And listen, vulnerable moment here, because I think this is important for leaders. I did not have the GPA to get into the sports management program. So um, jokes on them. I'm now on the board. At, at but you know, it's Now you're making the too. decisions. Yeah, but it's a good point, right? Like, don't get discouraged, right? So I didn't get a sports man. So I go the rec man, man path and, you know, got to sit into a lot of those classes. Um, but no, for me, I mean, I had to do a 480 hour unpaid internship, which I hope is illegal these days. I know. Just, we'll stop there right there. Right. A lot of our young listeners are thinking unpaid anything. Yeah. That's what we're we old. grew up. It was all we're unpaid old. internships. Right. That's what I mean. Now, and when you're quote unquote, about, you work 40 hours. Yeah. <laughs> now, when people complain about what they make, um, guys, I'm telling you, like it, it was, uh, it was interesting, but extremely valuable because it it set me up. And so doing that internship is what made me fall in love with, with sports and the business and looking around and realizing there's not a lot of other women here, if any, um, just kind of fired me up even more to figure it out. Well, to that point, you receive that internship with AEG and you certainly make the most of it. It turns into a full-time position, which we'll dive into your experience, AG. But what's your advice for listeners on really dominating that internship or dominating the, the job at hand and be able to continue to get promoted internally? Totally. I mean, look, just like a lot of things in life, internships are going to be what you make them, right? Um, you've got to be proactive. And, and in a few areas, right, you have to proactively develop those relationships with folks, even outside of the department you're in, right? Think bigger here, because you never know where the roles are going to open up or who's got a seat at the table or who's got a connection with another team. So go outside of just your department, um, but also don't assume that the right people are seeing how good of a job you're doing, right? So right. find a way to manage up control your own story without looking like you're walking around bragging, look at me, look at me. Um, but seriously, you need to make sure that that the work you're doing um, is noticed by the right people. And I think there's a few creative ways to do that. And I'm sure you going back to that point, you're thinking, all right, I have this internship at AEG, it turns into a full-time role. You end up spending the next six and a half years there from account executive to ultimately senior manager, group sales and service. But I think a good lesson for listeners out there, and which we'll dive into it, you were able to spend all that time in your home state of Connecticut. So was that important to you at the time? It was really important. Family is everything to me. Um, And I was very blessed to be able to, you know, work in my hometown, have my family. But you know what I was? I was comfortable. And um, comfortable can be great, but... um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me when ultimately AEG ended up losing the bid on the building and it forced me out of my comfort zone, which then, you know, launched me into Sacramento and we can talk about that later, but yeah. um, it was, it was great, but I'm glad that I wasn't a lifer. 
And I think that's great advice, right? It's like a lot of people want to stay in that comfort zone around friends, around family, people and organizations they know. And we'll certainly dive into your, your path. As you think back at your time with AEG, what were some key learnings early on in your career that you still apply to your day? Yeah. And listen, minor league too, by the way, because um, we were doing minor league hockey, UConn basketball arena shows. It feels crazy at the time. Like you think you're going to die wearing all these different hats. Um, but I will always, always... Uh, talk to somebody who's had minor league experience because they understand the full ecosystem of the business because they um, had their hands in in different buckets. So do not ever, ever look at um, minor league as beneath you, especially as you're trying to get into this career. I mean that very seriously. And I think that's a good lesson for the leaders listening in as well is you know, that everybody can be a great candidate, but somebody that's went through the minors that they're selling tickets one day, working a community event the next, and they're the mascot and pulling tarp. They know what work ethic is, which it's going to take to be successful in your career. Hell yeah. I'm glad you shouted that out because sometimes I do think leaders are a little short-sighted when they see a revenue number, but man, to sell uh, AHL hockey tickets in Hartford, Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) If you can sell that, you can sell anything. Exactly. No. And so as AEG is obviously a very large company. You kind of talked about that they lost the bid, but you spent six and a half years there. What do you feel like you did on such a consistent basis in a short amount of time to continue to elevate and get promoted internally within that organization? Yeah, I kicked ass uh, for one, right? So hit all the goals I need to um, really developed key internal relationships, right? I mean, obviously sales is a lot about relationship building outside the, the company, but um, really identifying some key people who can help be mentors, champions for you. Um, so I, I was able to do that and had a really good supportive staff there. Um, and then one of the things that I continue to lean on to this day, I disrupted, right? I love questioning why are we doing this? How can we do it differently? One of my favorite sayings is let's get weird um, and try some new yeah. things. So <laughs> um, Absolutely. But in any case, yes, I still do that to this day, but that was one of the things in Connecticut too, that I think helped me stand out aside from really dedicating myself to being a great leader. Right. And I, I pride myself on this, but there's people who want to run through walls for me um, because I care about them personally, professionally. I want to help them grow. Um, and so I think that's a really good relationship of trust um, and, and what all leaders should aspire to get to with their staffs. You, know, you talk about that. You ultimately got into leadership. And, you know, one of the hardest transitions probably in our business to make is becoming a leader within the same company. Cause one day you're the peer and the next day you're their boss. And so yeah. what advice do you have for the, for the listeners on that transition? I love that question. And listen, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, it's, it's a balancing act. Um, but it is something that you do need to think about, right? When you make that leap, especially in the same company, it's even more challenging because to your point, you know, someone who was your buddy and you were venting about whatever on Friday, that dynamic needs to shift a little bit. Um, But I would, I would say, you know, be careful too, that you don't like put your ego in check. We've all been there. Um, So make sure too, it's not like I've made it European, you know, like I'm your boss. That's ridiculous. No one's going to want to work for you. Um, But you do need to change things and things need to be a little different as far as sitting down, resetting expectations with the folks um, and ask them what they expect out of this relationship, set the tone on how things will be a little different, but just make sure they still know you're in the corner. We're trying to do this together and I want to help grow you too. Um, But I worked really hard to get this role and I do need the respect 
um, that's due with it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Lisa Figenbaum, Executive Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for the Dallas Wings and Panther City Lacrosse. So, Lisa, after six and a half years, we talked a little bit earlier about that comfort zone. You were staying in the home state of Connecticut between you know, college, your, your internship, your first opportunity. Then AG kind of loses that project. And then you really get out of your comfort zone. You don't just move an hour away, two hours away. You pretty much move across the country to embark on what ends up being an eight-year career journey with the Sacramento Kings. So first, how difficult was it to move away from that comfort zone? Yeah. And listen, I think this is important. It was hard, right? And there's a a percentage of people who love traveling around and, and are perfectly good with that. But there's a large group that is going to be uncomfortable and struggle. And I think it's really important that we talk about that. Um, so one, you understand some of the challenges that you're going to come into, um, and, and just kind of verbalize it. So, I mean, look, it was hard. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any family. I was probably, you know, like any promotion, you feel like you're over your head, um, in over your head with your role. Um, so you're homesick, all the things, right. And so it's hard, but I just kept reminding myself, you know, why I came out there and I was determined to be successful and I was determined to be the best. And so I leaned on, you know, my family, at my real family, my, what became my family at work family. Yep. Yeah. And figured out how to do it. But listen, like, it's tough. Give yourself a break, you know, know that it'll be challenging, know that it takes a different amount of time. Everyone's got their own process and, and journey here. But all of that said, I wouldn't change a thing for the world. I am so happy that AEG lost this bid, that I was pushed yep. out of my comfort zone because I grew more personally and professionally. And I was so proud of myself. Um, and I just, I realized then what I really wanted out of life and now making the move to Texas, it was so much easier this time around. Cause I knew I could do it. So as you think back to, let's say it's the, the 20 year old Lisa in that situation, <laughs> oh God, um, we're talking about 20 year old Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I stayed around the age. Right. And mm-hmm. so, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go get this internship and it's going to be in my backyard. Would you would you make any changes? Would you have got out of your comfort zone earlier on in your life or, you know, t- almost to the advice of the listeners? Like, is it good to get out of your comfort zone early? Is it good to stay five, six, yeah. seven years before you get out of your comfort zone? What's your what's your recommendation or advice on that? I love that. question. So. 
Yeah, I think the earlier, the better is, as you know, and everyone will have a different level of comfort. So this isn't a one size fits all, but I think the earlier, the better, because if you don't do it, I think you start to find a lot of reasons later on why it's just too late now, right? Like, well, I'm here, I've got my friends and whatever. So yes, the earlier, the better, whether you're, you know, exploring colleges, um, first time jobs, try it. Yep. Absolutely. Now going back, you moved across the country, you're at the Kings, you once again move up in the ranks as you started as the senior manager of group ticket sales, then to the director of groups before senior director and finally vice president of premium hospitality and event sales. And both AEG and the Kings, you were able to stay a while, you know, six and a half years, eight years, respectively within the organizations. What was the key to that? Yeah. And first of all, I don't know if I feel awesome or old as you rattle off all these promotions. Um, listen, it goes back to the people, right? Um, and I had taken a look at some other opportunities along the way, but I had some fantastic mentors at the Kings who were very committed to my growth and growing my scope, learning more. Um, and then I also had just such amazing um, managers underneath me and staff. And we really, we had fun. We felt like a family. Um, and so it, it starts to get tough to even think about leaving that. But from a business side too, the Kings are extremely progressive and innovative and we're very supportive in, in my efforts to try new things. Um, so that was really appealing to me, but if an organization is going to continue to grow you and remember that doesn't always mean by title, I was fortunate that it did. Um, but if you can get a seat at the table and you feel like you're being grown and groomed somewhere, do not knee jerk go somewhere else for an extra couple thousand dollars or a shiny title, uh, each year, because I've seen that happen and I would caution you, yep. um, on that. So wait until the time's right, but keep your eyes open. Cause there's some cool opportunities too on the other side. Well, you talked about progressive and innovative at, of the Sacramento Kings. We previously talked to a few 52 weeks of hustle guests, Justin Peckis and Courtney Rice, who, you know, Damn, very well and worked right alongside of them. Talked about the Kings have always been known to be the first to the floor, innovative, progressive with different vendors and technology. So along those lines, why do you think it's so important to have self-awareness and presence in the way you ultimately interact with clients? Listen, I think this is important both at work and outside of work too, right? If you can figure out how to have awareness and or surround yourself by people who you trust, who can kind of cover your blind spots when you're lacking awareness a little bit, you'll be in a great spot, whether you're out at the bar trying to pick someone up or you're at work in a, in a meeting. So this is really important. And that's why I think it's great that you ask these questions. Um, but look, like everything's customizable too, right? Who you're meeting with, you know, I've got super high energy, but I might be meeting with someone who's an extreme introvert who maybe isn't going to respond to me that well, right? And so doing your homework, knowing who you're going to talk to, going in with a plan on how you're going to customize your approach to them. And then always being aware and being able to adjust based on the body language you're reading is really important. Yeah, it goes a long way. What's your advice on taking technology and ultimately some of the digital outreach to the next level to really gain an advantage in a sales process? Yes. Listen, I know some of these things can cost a bit. It is worth every penny. My first advice is do it right. I mean, it's basically a cheat sheet. And my God, I mean, I remember back to myself when I was working off an Excel spreadsheet and now with some of these tools, I would, I would have been a juiced up seller back <laughs> if I had some of this stuff, but you yep. know, with the new class coming in and, and younger folks, seriously, like don't take this stuff for granted. Um, and, and the more you can invest in technology and the data and analytics and 
where you should be targeting people and how you should be targeting people, the better off you're going to be. I mean, it's not just sports. It is the way the world is going. Um, So please get out of here. This is how we've always done it. Or this costs too much. Um, Figure out how to give your sellers, your, your folks in marketing and so on and so forth, the tools they need to be the most efficient and effective sellers and servicers that they need to be. And I think that's great advice, you know, for the, the sales and service team members that are listening in, be willing to go out of your comfort zone with that, right? Just because you've made calls or sent emails, you know, your entire career, maybe it's trying a video call, it's handwritten notes, it's all the different technologies. Team members need to be open to, to trying some of those things as well. Absolutely. And I, and, and you bring up a good point too, because it's like, as far as we go with technology, let's not also forget the old school, nice touch points of handwritten notes and things like that. Let's not go too far down yeah. the futuristic path too. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talking about innovation, you're a part of opening a brand new arena in the Golden One Center there in Sacramento. How is that experience for you? Oh my gosh. It was both crazy um, and the best experience that I've ever had. Right. And a lot of people will never even get to experience that in your career. I would recommend if you do to take full advantage of that. Um, It was tough, right? I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So I do always recommend reaching out to your counterparts who have been through something like this to figure out what you don't know. Um, But you've got a lot of departments moving really quickly, you know, trying to accomplish and their own agendas, what's going on. So stop, pause, think for a second and and come together. But we had an amazing group in Sacramento. Um, You know, I was so fortunate to be part of that. And we ended up being very successful in our, in our um, journey there. So that always makes it that much better. But as I say the word journey, one of the important phrases, my mentor, Phil Horn always said was enjoy the journey, right? I mean, these things are going to be frustrating, right? Yeah. No one knows an answer to a question that really matters in your world or inevitably something's going to go wrong or, you know, you're working off a startup wooden desk because it's not set up yet. But right. the bottom line is you're still part of one of the coolest freaking things happening. Oh. So check yourself, find a way to enjoy the journey no matter what. And I think that's great advice, right? Remember that first day that you received an internship or that you walked into your office in your first day and how exciting it was to a lot of the offices being at the arena or ballpark or stadium, you're swiping your badge. Like this is what you dreamed of, make the most of it, but enjoy it. You know, have some fun doing it. As you think back of of that building, was there, was there a meeting that you were a part of that you probably, you maybe had to look in the mirror and like, why am I here? How did this happen? Like, this is the craziest thing. Yes, almost every meeting I was probably a part of. Um, but no, but it was, you know, it was, it was cool. Um, you know, it was humbling. It was, it was amazing to hear, you know, from an operational standpoint, all the things they were thinking through on their end. So yeah, I mean, at every meeting I had to check myself and just say, this is stressful. We've got a lot to do, but man, this is so cool that I've got a seat yep. at this table. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, you've certainly had a great career journey and in, in, on the professional end, and we're, we're all looking forward to, to what everybody in the team can produce there, both with the WNBA and the National Lacrosse League. But, you know, Lisa, another thing that I've always respected and appreciated about you, and you've shown that a little bit at this podcast, is your vulnerability and willingness to open doors, to give back for, for women in the L- LGBT community when it comes to having success, both personally and professionally. So why is it so important to you? Yeah. I love that question. I'm, I am an openly gay female. Um, it's, 
it's important to me because I never had someone that I could look up to or candidly see on any sort of platform or speaking freely about it, um, which isn't helpful for a young kid, right? And I, I figured it out and I had a great support system, um, but it's important for members of the LGBTQ plus community or women to see people like me in these types of roles and, and to represent. And listen, it's not just about getting to these roles. It's what do you do once you're there? And so everyone's got a different level of comfort. And I certainly respect um, everybody's feelings in this space, but I would challenge leaders who are part of any minority group to do what you can within your comfort zone to give back and pull people up, right? And not everybody loves to speak on podcasts and that's totally fine, but spend a few minutes thinking about in your own space, like what am I doing to really help and and have an impact there? It's so important. Absolutely. And and what's your advice along those lines for listeners, regardless of, of role professionally, but both personally and professionally to be able to overcome obstacles to, to still get what they want personally and professionally. Uh, You can do it. Right. And I'll also say there is no better day to be a woman, to be someone who is gay, to be a person of color. There is no better time. So don't make excuses, take advantage of it. I would say be really encouraging of feedback and make sure you're receiving that feedback in a way that people want to come and, and give you more yep. and then do something about it. And lastly, like if you've got these hurdles, they're real. They exist. This has been no cakewalk. Let me tell you, right. find a way around them. Yep. Yep. And I think that's great advice in general, right? Whether no matter what challenges or obstacles you're facing personally and professionally, it's find a way. There, there's if there's a will, there's a way. It's cliche saying, but, but you can definitely do it. And, and you're proof to that. And Lisa, as we've discussed, what a great career, ton of great experience. I certainly love the passion. You know, I, I feel like you try to match my passion level, uh, which is which is always fun for these podcasts. So as you look back entire career, starting at that UConn basketball game and then ultimately working your way up in this business, what's been your best memory? Oh, man. You know, I wish I could say it was some sort of playoff run or being in the playoffs, but unfortunately I can't. Um, Any idea what your winning record is? What your (laughs) winning percentage is? We're not going to do it. It's not cute. Um, (laughs) But that makes it even better. I'm going to go with a little bit on the entertainment side, too. And I was really blessed with the Kings to, you know, also have my hands in the concert side of the business. I will say opening Golden One Center and listening to 17,000 people saying, Hey Jude gave me uh, chills, man. So I'm, I'm going with that. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the chills you just know, and it, it almost is a regrouping of like, this is all the hard work and effort that I put into it. And this is why I get to enjoy it. hundred so, percent. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, it's been great. So to close it out, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Woo, let's do it. All right. If you would have to sail around the world, what do you name in your boat? Ooh, I'm excited I have a boat. Um, I'm going to go with my mom's maiden name is Bliss. And I think that word has a lot of just awesome meaning holistically. So I'm going with Bliss and my mom will be thrilled. Nice. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play it? Ooh, um... The actress who was in 10 Things I Hate About You because I have been told I used to look like her. I can't think of her name off the top of my Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles. Oh, uh, there you go. Perfect. 
If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which one are you choose? Which ones are, do you keep? First of all, I think everyone should do this. Um, <laughs> it is a great exercise. I'm going with Robinhood. I'm actually one of those people really into crypto and things like that. So yep. Robinhood, uh, Instagram, gotta love it. And then I hate to say this, but I would keep my outlook because I just can't get away. I want to know what's going on. Yep. No, absolutely. Well, Lisa, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Be proactive. Like you, you can do it, figure out how to utilize your network. You can do it. Um, the feedback piece, encourage and receive feedback and then go do something about it. And then I would just say, just remember to pay it forward again. Like no matter how busy I get, I am so appreciative and I'm, it's not lost on me what I had to do and who had to help me to get here. So anytime someone reaches out, even for a 15 minute chat, if that's what it needs to be, I make time. So you're going to get there and remember this and pay it forward. Well, not knowing you, you would let every listener reach out to you on LinkedIn and you'll have a conversation. So, so please take advantage of it. Listeners. Lisa, I couldn't be more, you know, more excited to have our conversation. Ton of great advice. Even those three key takeaways, being proactive, you know, having feedback, both giving and receiving, but, but ultimately doing it and then continue. You've done this your entire career, give back. So Lisa, thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time, your expertise and our friendship. Yes, this was fun. Thanks for having me. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.